Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on essential Christian doctrines with this sermon entitled True Repentance, preached December 29, 2019. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, beginning with verse 17. The title is True Repentance. True repentance is a divine gift to every elect sinner. And it is the result of regeneration, a divine monergistic work. Monergistic means God works regeneration. You have nothing to do with it. At the same time, repentance is a human responsibility. Where true repentance is, there is also saving faith, which is also a gift from God, and yet it is our responsibility to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. There are people who call themselves true believers, who deny any need of repentance. And there are Christians, quote-unquote, who reject the need for the obedience of faith, about which we read in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 5, Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And in Romans 6 verse 16, I have written two volumes on Romans. Romans 6, 16, we read... Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness, doing what is right in the sight of God. Friends, I have news for you. Everyone obeys. Either the devil or the triune God. Everyone obeys. Truly saved people live daily by repentance and the obedience of faith. In Hebrews 5 verse 9 we read And once made perfect Jesus became the source of eternal salvation For all who obey him Simple exegesis If you don't obey Jesus you are not saved Jesus has nothing to do with you Obedience to Jesus Christ is not optional. It is mandatory. 
Christians obey Jesus. In the Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 15, section 2, we read about repentance. Listen. By repentance, a sinner out of the sight and sense not only of the danger but also of the filthiness and odiousness of his sins as contrary to the holy nature and righteous law of God and upon the apprehension of his mercy in Christ to such as are penitent so grieves for and hates his sins as to turn from them all unto God purposing and endeavoring to walk with him in all the ways of his commandments and in Westminster Shorter Catechism Professor John Murray said, next to the Bible, shorter catechism is very important. Question 87, what is repentance unto life? And the answer is, repentance unto life is a saving grace whereby a sinner, out of a true sense of his sin, and apprehension of the mercy of God in Christ that with grief and hatred of his sin turn from it unto God with full purpose of and endeavor after new obedience. I say cursed are those who say No repentance is necessary for salvation. I say cursed are those who add to the scripture or subtract from the scripture or misinterpret the scripture. Revelation 22, 18 and 19 we read I want everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. We read in 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Such men are false apostles, false evangelists, false pastors, false teachers, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ, as pastors as evangelists, as teachers. 
And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Many pastors are wicked, not God called or sent. And many people go into that church, which is a synagogue of Satan, sir. Galatians 1.8 But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, pastor's translation, let him go to hell. The text says, let him be eternally condemned. Anathema. Point number one, the Bible commands us to repent. When Bible commands us, God commands us to repent. Not your mother, not your pastor, God himself commands you to repent. The prophets of the Old Testament spoke about repentance. Isaiah 55 verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him. And to our God he will freely pardon John the Baptist spoke about repentance. Matthew 3 verse 2. John the Baptist came saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus spoke about repentance. Matthew 4:17. From that time on Jesus began to preach repent for the kingdom of God is near. God spoke about repentance. Acts 17.30 Paul declared in the past God overlooked such ignorance. But now God commands all people everywhere to repent. The apostles spoke about repentance. Mark 6 verse 12 they went out and preached that people should repent. Peter spoke about repentance. Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul spoke about repentance Acts 20 verse 21 I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus point number two the meaning of repentance 
The Hebrew word used in the Old Testament is shuv. Which means to turn from sin and the devil. And turn to righteousness. In the New Testament we find the Greek words metanoeo and metanoia used a total of 56 times. They mean to have a change of thinking, willing and feeling and a change of doing. The word attrition means worldly sorrow, not godly sorrow. For loss of temporal blessings. Oh, tears stream out. That's not true repentance. It is called attrition. It is the false repentance of the rich young ruler. And Judas and Esau. True repentance is characterized by contrition in which the person hates his sin and loves doing righteousness. We see it exemplified in Peter. He wept bitterly. Luke 22, 62. It is exemplified by the prodigal son. And I say regeneration is necessary for repentance. Because a sinner is dead in sins and trespasses. In Romans 1 verse 28 we read. Furthermore since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Sinners are dead and depraved. Isaiah speaks about them. Isaiah 5 verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter twisted depraved repentance is a radical transformation of thought attitude outlook and direction of one's life John Murray professor of systematic theology says It is a revolution produced by regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Revolution from sin to Christ our Lord. David hated his sin and loved God and righteousness. Psalm 32 and 51. Peter denied Jesus three times and yet he wept bitterly as we read in Luke 22:62 and he went outside and wept bitterly 
Later he was crucified for his love for Jesus. Truly repenting people make a 180 degree change from sin to good works. The prodigal son went back to the father, confessed his sins, received forgiveness, and lived under father's rule. A 180 degree change. Sir, true repentance must be proved by our actions. Acts 26.20 Paul said first to those in Damascus then those in Jerusalem and in all Judea and to the Gentiles also I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by deeds. Ephesians 4.28 He who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. He stole other people's property. Now he gives to other people. Psalm 119 verse 128 Because I consider all your precepts right I hate every wrong path. 2 Corinthians 7, 10 and 11 Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. Point number three, repentance is a divine gift, but there is also human responsibility. First, it's a divine gift. Acts 2.37, when people heard the gospel, they were cut to the heart by the Holy Spirit and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Acts chapter 5, 31. God exalted him to his own right hand as a prince and savior that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. Romans 2, verse 4. Or do you show contempt? For the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing 
that God's kindness leads toward repentance. God's grace leads to repentance. Second Timothy 2 verse 25. Those who oppose him, the pastor, those who oppose the pastor, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. But I am saying it is also a human responsibility. Acts chapter 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 3.19 Repent then, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come to you from the Lord. Sir, repentance and saving faith are God's gifts to the regenerate. Regenerate person will repent and believe in Jesus. Where repentance is, there is saving faith. They are two sides of the same coin. On the one side, there is turning from sin in godly sorrow. On the other side, there is turning to God with obedience of faith to do good works. Repentance and faith are negative and positive sides of conversion. The negative side says no to sin and the devil. The positive side says yes to God and to his word. Believers do this by the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells in every true Christian. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We cannot do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul says in Colossians 1.29 To this end I labor struggling with all his energy, Holy Spirit which so powerfully works in me. John Calvin said what sir? What God requires in the word he gives you Holy Spirit to do the work. And I have found out it is true. Without Holy Spirit we cannot do anything. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us and he will help you.
to do what is right in the sight of God in the scriptures. So fourth point is Christ builds his church and he is in his church right now. Matthew 16:18 says and I tell you that you are Peter on this rock I will build my church the rock that is Jesus Christ not Peter he himself said that in 1 Peter 2 some people interpret that Jesus is building the church on Peter who denied Jesus three times no The rock idea comes from Isaiah 28 verse 16. God is the rock. Matthew 18:20 says where two or three come together in my name there I am with them. Jesus is in his church which he builds. He sees those who are sinning. and he commands them to repent he is with us he sees those who are sinning and he is not going to destroy you he tells you to repent remember repent and do the first work so he is telling us to repent revelation 2:5 216 222 33 and 19 Jesus is in his church walks about he knows what everyone is doing wrong He comes to deal with those who refuse to repent Who is this Jesus In Revelation you are reading chapter 1 12 through 18 we read I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me And when I turned I saw seven golden lampstands And among the lampstands was one like a son of man dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest his head and hair were white like wool as white as snow and his eyes were like blazing fire it's not little sweet jesus His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters in his right hand he held seven stars and one pastor said pastors of the church he has in his hand and out of his mouth came a sharp double edged sword arrogance gone fear and trembling comes his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance when i saw him i fell at his feet 
as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. We have very poor understanding of who Jesus is. He is given all authority in heaven and on earth. He is Lord and Savior. He is a judge. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He commands us to stop sinning and start bearing fruit of righteousness in obedience to the baptismal confession Jesus is my Lord therefore I am his obedient slave cursed is the gospel minister who will not preach true repentance and obedience such a preacher is devoid of scripture and the Holy Spirit He is not sent by Christ as a true minister is sent by Christ himself. In Romans 10, 13 through 17, we read of a sent true minister. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Divine passive, sent by God. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, bring the gospel. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. King Manasseh, worst king of Judah, he repented and received mercy from God. In 2 Chronicles 33, verses 12 and 13, we read, in his distress, he knows how to give you distress. For this reason, many of you are weak and sick. And a number have fallen asleep. He knows how to do it. And your money cannot help you. In his distress he sought the favor of the Lord his God. And humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. And when he prayed to him the Lord was moved by his entreaty. And listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. 
Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Sir, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Listen to the publican. We read about him in Luke 18. There we read, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Jesus replied, I tell you that this man, rather than the arrogant Pharisee, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. May God help us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. God help us to have a true understanding of who Christ Jesus is. For salvation is of the Lord alone. Nobody can save you but the Lord. God makes the bad tree a good tree to bear the good fruit of righteousness through regeneration. All four soils are in the visible church in due time. The fruitless first three soil people will leave Christ's church, Christ's holy church which he is building. In 1 John 2.19 we read, They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. Jesus Christ fights with the unrepentant and he always what's a wins you are nothing you are falling blossom you are grass clay dust he is everything so I counsel you repentance is the best policy Jesus will have a holy church. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. As we read in Hebrews 12, 14. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So we read in First Peter 1, 14 through 16, that we were children of disobedience, children of the devil. In John 8, 44, Jesus said, your father is the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. He is a liar and father of all lies. 
we read in Ephesians 2 verse 2 the same in the Greek text in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the devil the spirit who is now at work in the sons of disobedience and god made the sons of disobedience sons of the devil to be the children of obedience this is what conversion is first peter 1:14 as children of obedience do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance i said our father used to be the devil now our father is god the father so we repent and obey god you read the story of jonah he rebelled against god he was thrown into the sea and a big fish swallowed him and in the fish he repented he knows how to make a whip to discipline us and in 1 Corinthians 11:30 we read that is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep thank god he gives us time to repent sir if we do not repent revelation 2:5 says the lord christ will remove the unrepentant maybe by death Revelation 2:16 says he will come and fight with the sword of his mouth. Revelation 2:23 says he will come to strike your children dead. Revelation 3:3 says he will come like a thief when you least expect him to come. Revelation 3:19 says he will come to rebuke and discipline. There are people in the church who may never repent. First three soils. In Revelation 9:20 and 21 we read the rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the work of their hands they did not stop worshiping demons idols gold idols of gold silver bronze stone and wood idols that cannot see or hear or walk nor did they repent of their murders their magic arts their sexual immorality or their thefts their end will be eternal destruction as we read in Matthew 25:41 then Jesus will say sweet Jesus 
to those on his left depart from me you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels I say if God is convicting you now by his word obey Proverbs 28.13 which says he who conceals his sins does not prosper but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy don't conceal your sin confess your sin forsake them and receive mercy in second chronicles 7:14 we read if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land humble yourself under the mighty hand of god have a very high view of god what is god sir infinite eternal there is nothing infinite other than god nothing eternal other than god when you understand theology you will fear and tremble and do what is right in the sight of god point 5 aspects of true repentance Repentance is a gift of God to elect sinners. With this gift one will repent truly as the prodigal son did. Number 2 this repentance is unto eternal life. Acts 11:18 we read When they heard this they had no further objections and praised God saying so then God has granted even the gentiles repentance unto life eternal life Number 3 Godly repentance expresses itself in godly sorrow turning from sin and turning to god to obey him second corinthians 7:10 number 4 this repentance leads to salvation second corinthians 7:10 number 5 worldly sorrow leads to death as we already spoke about in the case of the rich young ruler and judas judas repented and threw away the money and hanged himself his body fell down his stomach came out and he went to hell god does it worldly sorrow leads to death number 6 true repentance makes one zealous eager to glorify god second corinthians 7 and verse 
Number seven. There is proof of true repentance. In Acts 26 verse 20 we read. First to those in Damascus. Then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea. And to the Gentiles also. I preached that they should repent and turn to God. And what's it? Prove their repentance by their deeds. And in Luke 3 verse 10 and 11. What should we do then? The crowd asked John the Baptist. John answered the man with two tunics. Should share with him who has none proof. And the one who has food should do the same. Number eight. The truly repentant person. Give to the poor. The rich young ruler was told to sell everything. And give it to the poor. And come and follow me. You will have treasure in heaven. He went away sad. But the publican Zacchaeus, Luke 19 verse 8, he said, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. The truly repentant person will make restitution for cheating. In Luke 19 8, We read Zacchaeus said, the publican, if I have cheated anybody in the Greek, since I have cheated people, I will pay back four times the amount, which is percentage wise, how much is that? 400%. In other words, he gave half to the poor, the other half to the cheated people, And he became nothing. He had nothing. But God took care of him. He did what the young rich ruler failed to do. Number 10. The truly repentant will obey the Lord. In Romans 6, 1 we read. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And in verse 4 we read, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live, what sir? A new life, not the same old sin. Sick of it. So what is the conclusion? Let me tell you, most Christians, including evangelicals, are willfully ignorant of both repentance and saving faith. I was reading Robert Raymond's book, A New Systematic Theology of the Christian Faith. He quotes Professor Zane Hodges. And this is what he is saying. 
Saint Hodges, a professor, he says, in order to preserve the free grace of the gospel from which what he perceives to be legalism, Saint Hodges denies that repentance is necessary for salvation. You know what dispensationalists believe? A census. You believe the Bible is true or the church is true. They don't have to believe in Jesus Christ. Hodges declares that it is a mistake and an extremely serious matter when repentance is made a condition for eternal life. He has written a book absolutely free. He insists that repentance is not essential to the saving transaction as such and that it is only a condition for fellowship with God. Such a teaching, Professor Raymond says, such a teaching is incredible for it means that the impenitent can receive eternal life and be saved even though they never forsake their sin. Or have any fellowship with God. With such false theology. One can build a big synagogue of Satan. Saint Horges in his book Absolutely Free. Declares that no repentance is necessary for salvation. That the impenitent can receive eternal life on the basis of faith as a census. Not on the basis of fides est fiducia. Trust as obedience. Trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Then there are reformed people who would believe in Jesus without obedience of faith. These people believe one can be saved without repenting and without obeying Christ. They laugh at verses like Hebrews 5, 9. And Jesus once made perfect He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Acts 5.29, Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. Acts 5.32, We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Matthew 28:20 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you obey sir the same bible says children obey parents revelation 12:17 you recently read then the dragon was enraged at the woman 
and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring dash those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus these people teach essentially listen go and sin more because we are saved by grace alone go and sin more on the day of judgment Christ the judge will say to any who add or subtract from the holy scripture as we read Jesus will say to them this then i will tell them plainly i never knew you what is pastor's translation go to hell away from me you evil doers antinomians against the law the scripture is given to us to teach to rebuke to correct and to train us to do righteousness as we read in second timothy all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work that's what you should do at home with your children teach rebuke correct train in righteousness professor norman shepherd who taught at westminster theological seminary used to quote hebrews 12:14 without holiness no one will see the lord sir listen repentance is a radical change of mind will and affections produced by the holy spirit and resulting in one's turning from sin and turning to god to obey him all of life it is illustrated by the prodigal son who returned to his father confessing and forsaking his sin and to live in obedience to his father where true repentance is there is also the obedience of faith a christian lives daily by repentance and faith blessed are those who live daily by repentance and obedience of faith in jesus christ friends let me tell you if the holy spirit is convicting you cry out what must i do to be saved and the answer comes repent and be baptized in the name of the lord jesus christ and you will receive the holy spirit the philippian jailer thought he was about to die he cried out what must i do to be saved what's the answer believe on the lord jesus christ and you will be saved he believed that night and was baptized that night may god help us to repent and believe in jesus christ and be saved heavenly father every regenerate person will be given the gift of repentance 
and the gift of saving faith. If there is any person who needs repentance, Lord, have mercy upon that person. Thank you for saving us, regenerating us. Thank you for granting us the gift of repentance and saving faith. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.